Hello, Internet friends, and welcome back to an all-new episode of Appalachia Weekly, your favorite lifestyle podcast that never leaves money on the table. I'm your host, Brum Shank, and let's unwrap the tech of today. Dan Riccio is being reassigned to a new project at Apple. What could it be? iOS 14.4 introduces a ton of new security features. And of course, watchOS 7.3 introduces an all-new Unity face and the Time to Walk feature. Of course, this week in Apple Crime, what's going on in the world of stonks? This is more tech crime, less Apple crime and more tech crime. The Reddit Ponzi scheme pitting Wall Street against Reddit traders looking to upend the market. How it all started and how does it end? Will, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, now you're you're pretty prominent on Twitter. You many people might know you as the guy that discovered uh, eye tracking for iOS 13, one of the early betas. You're self-proclaimed tech nerd, photographer, accessibility advocate, uh, YouTuber, podcaster, and your slogan is "The best things come in small packages." So, right. why is that? Uh, I say that because I have a condition. Um, it's a type of dwarfism. Uh, called Kinesis Dysplasia, and it's kind of a uh, moniker on that. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your platform, what you do for a living. Sure. So originally, I actually started at Apple Retail. I was there for a while. Um, I really loved it. Uh, and then uh, a few of us that were at the store that I was at uh, moved into an ed tech company. It's kind of like online homework and things like that. Um, that yeah. company got actually bought out by another company, and when that happened, I moved to a similar um, ed tech company. But rather than just doing uh, online homework and that kind of thing, um, the company I'm at now, we uh, we host digital ebooks, um, particularly for higher education. And on the you know in within the company, I'm on the customer success team, and so I kind of make sure things are operationally running smoothly for a variety of our customers. That's excellent. So in the realm of tech, specifically Apple tech, I understand you're, you're a fellow iNerd. How have the products made a difference in your life? I know we talked a little bit about before, just through text and stuff about HomeKit and how that's changed your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, what's funny is sometimes, it, I mean, first of all, I have a lot of different Apple products. Um, I have just about everything that they have currently and uh, that includes iphone ipad apple watch uh airpods home pods the list goes on and on and yeah. the funny thing is sometimes when i get a new product i get it because i'm just excited you know and i'm just like i have to have that thing i'll figure out what i'm going to use it for later um but that's <laughs> the thing is a lot of times those types of products, stuff like, you know, uh, the Apple Watch or the HomePod, um, and honestly, the iPhone, uh, time and time again, they, not only do they transform and get better with time and software, but oftentimes, I'll be pleasantly surprised either explicitly by a feature uh, that, that, you know, sometimes will help me with some kind of accessibility thing. Or I'll not really think about it and then one day realize, wow, this has actually been helping me all along and I never really thought of it being 
an accessibility type thing, but it really is. It's uh, kind of like when you, it's kind of like when you peek your head outside the Apple ecosystem and you see how others are living. You see what well, way I've had that feature for years. What exactly. are some of the, yeah. What are some of the, uh, the features that stick out to you that have made a profound difference in your life? And it doesn't have to particularly be about dwarfism, uh, mm -hmm. but I understand you wear hearing aids as well. And you were testing some of the new uh, beta features and for the early betas of iOS 14, um, they integrated some new things there. Do you ever get nervous? Because I understand you rely on a lot of these accessibility features. Do you ever get nervous being an avid beta tester? Because I'm always worried that things are going to break on my end. And if you have features that you rely on, isn't that a bit concerning to you? That's a good question. So my curiosity outweighs my logic. <laughs> <A lot laughs> you're, you're like... You're like Groot waiting to push that red button. <laughs> I am. And you know what? As an accessibility advocate, you know, as, as I kind of see myself, and honestly, um, lots of people in my life, I want to put this the right way, you know, rely on me to kind of share the new features of X Apple thing, whether it be the operating system or an app or hardware, you know, that kind of thing. And honestly, I love being that person for lots of different groups, including people that might be curious about some kind of accessibility thing coming out. Um, and I'm willing to take that risk, if you will, mainly because I think I grew up in a generation where we didn't have the internet for a while, then we did have the internet for a while, and we grew up without computers. And so I say that to say I'm a tinkerer, especially when it comes to software and and hardware and technology, but particularly with software and accessibility, I like to go in and tinker, and if something doesn't work right, is it annoying? Yeah, it's annoying, but either usually I can live with it for a week or two until the next beta comes out, um, mm -hmm. or I'll find another way to, to figure it out. That's a good point, the tinkerer. I like that, because mm -hmm. it's kind of like you feel thankful that a lot of these resources that weren't there for the bulk of your life are there now and they're there to test and somebody needs to test them um, in order for that feature or that hardware improvement to benefit everybody. Exactly. And I'll give you one example uh, that kind of blew my mind. Uh, I, I was actually, I know you kind of said I, people listening might know me from the the eye tracking thing that that's funny I don't ever think about that because that was just like one day I, I found that thing <laughs> and I was like oh I gotta get it on here before anybody else sees it so I can get my clout or whatever um, <laughs> but uh, in addition to that um, 9 to 5 Mac actually uh, had a little bit of a quote from me specifically about the hearing accessibility features mm -hmm. uh, in iOS 14 that were upcoming I think it was like beta two when they first started to kind of um, open it up. And out of the blue, I had a doctor and who knows, he might be listening to this and uh, forgive me, I don't remember his name, but I had a doctor who was a hearing surgeon who also had hearing loss himself reach out to me via email because he read um, my quote from the piece Wow. And ended up talking to him uh, several times via iMessage and also on the phone because he had questions about how um, iOS 14 might either enhance his own 
life or his patient's life. Um, that was like really, really cool. Wow. A specific example. And um, for my own audiologist, he's actually um, a family friend and I'm, I'm good friends with his son. Um, and I always try to keep him up on the loop of accessibility things coming down the pike because he's, he's an Apple uh, kind of a, a nerd as well. And Definitely. he likes to know, hey, what kind of hearing aid functionality or hearing anything functionality comes along with each um, OS. And, dude, accessibility features, they explode from, like, generation to generation. And I think a large part of the user base doesn't even realize it and sometimes even realize that they could use accessibility features themselves that they might actually end up liking that they don't feel like is is an accessibility feature um because sometimes it might just be a visual change of the that's very true yeah we saw things like the back tap feature where you can double tap the apple logo and launch certain apps or siri shortcuts that's Mm -hmm. that's on there as an accessibility feature but we see people all across the board utilizing that for different things to trigger uh, different automations and things like that so that's a good example of that i want to zero in with what you said because What you're saying resonates with me in that that's one of the reasons why we do this show is it's kind of like that Steve Jobs quote that you work really hard with passion and and you put something out there that you're really proud of and you hope that somewhere or somehow it resonates with those people that it opens their mind to a new idea or makes something that was otherwise intimidating more accessible and you may never meet those people you may never they may never hear your story or tell theirs, but somehow in the act of making something with a great deal of care and love, something is transmitted there. And that's what I see with you is you have this platform where you're not afraid to test things out. You're vocal about who you are, not only as a tech nerd, but your reliance on some of these accessibility features. You put that out into the world and you talk about it. You give a platform, you use the internet for good. And, and people see that and, and may learn something that they didn't already know about before. And, and I think there's, there's inherent beauty in things like that. I, I think I'm, I couldn't be happier that we're, we have you on the show, Will. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, and that means a lot. Um, and sometimes I don't realize, I always try to put positivity out into whatever I'm doing. Um, whether it be something sarcastically funny like a meme or something more serious like testing an accessibility feature or whatever. And, you know, you don't ever really know the impact or the reach that something is going to have that you do. And, you know, that is just even more of a reason to be a, a, a light as opposed to, you know, a negative energy um, because, you never know who you're going to touch. Um, and so I, I appreciate you saying that. And I just love it. Like innately, I just love sharing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love sharing things that I'm passionate about. I love uh, sharing things like I have lots of different friends and family and coworkers. And um, I like keep a running tally of if somebody likes something, especially like a niche uh, niche thing, like mm-hmm. maybe they like running and I see, oh, Apple Watch has a new running feature or whatever. I'll try to share that with them. 
because I know that they love that. Um, sometimes it's more general, and I think it can affect, you know, a lot of people. So I'll tweet about it instead of, you know, send them a private message or whatever. But um, I love it when a feature can either make something uh, that was painful a relief, um, whether they realized it was a pain point or not before, or make some kind of part of life more efficient. Um, even better when it does both in one. And uh, that goes for me. Like, I love it when, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the carrot redesign. I had... Uh, oh, yeah, for uh, carrot weather. Yeah, a longtime carrot user and um, love the app. I love Brian. He's a good guy, um, the developer. And uh, there are some things about the UI that always kind of bugged me. But now all of a sudden he comes out with this, you know, new 5.0 version and things that bothered me before they're no longer, you know, an issue or I can change them or whatever. That's just an example that just popped off in my head. But you get what I'm trying to say. Definitely. And, you know, on the topic of accessibility, is there a story or something that you could share with us that like what's a, a feature that when it launched, you're just like, hey, this is game changing. This is a weight off my shoulders. Can you zero in on any one thing or is it just a myriad of things? Um, I, I, I kind of both. How about this? Um, so when smart bulbs first became a thing, uh, mm -hmm. I got my first Hue bulbs in uh, December of 2015. I think it was for a Christmas gift, and I got like a pack of three. It was like a starter kit. Got like a pack of three or whatever. Very excited for the tech of it, uh, but never really realized until I continued to grow and grow and grow that collection over the next six years, uh, including today. I actually have some bulbs arriving today, um, where. I now, my entire house, uh, from, and we've moved from where we were before, but the entire downstairs in my house, which is our main living area, every single bulb, um, with the exception of maybe one or two, is a, a Hue smart bulb. And while it's a cool tech thing, and it's a cool party trick when you can, you know, have a Halloween party and change all the lights, purple and orange and whatever, um, it is also super duper accessibly friendly. And I, I remember growing up when I was younger, um, particularly in, in one of the houses and being very young, like at three years old, having trouble reaching the light switches. Now, that's not something I really deal with these days, but for somebody who either has mobility issues or can't reach something, Whatever be the case, you know, getting to a, a switch isn't convenient for them like the average person. Being able to speak out into the ether, you know, to my HomePod, which I have all over the house, that I want certain lights to turn on or I want a certain um, scene to be set. I have different, you know, scenes for different parts of the day. And that is, it is truly transcendent. And that's one of those things that I was kind of saying where you don't really know when you when you first get it, the intention isn't necessarily to be accessible, right? I was just excited about smart home stuff. Yeah. But then I realized, whoa, uh, 
I don't have to, in my old house, go up the stairs or down the stairs because I forgot to turn the light off. Or, you know, I don't have to worry about, I don't know, reaching something or like the lamps next to my bed. Yeah, it's a huge convenience thing. Totally. I could never like reach that. If I got cuddled up in bed comfortable and then I forgot to turn my lamp off. That I know that sounds like a first world problem, but that is so frustrating. And yeah. I would have to get out because I couldn't reach. And so those are the kind of things that, you know, I really enjoy. And that, that snowballed into other smart home things, uh, like thermostats and especially being like high where I couldn't reach them once they were smart. Yeah. I could just do everything from my phone and you know, a lot of the smart home stuff is examples of that but that's a uh, specific story that's so excellent you know it's it's one of those things like you said where you don't really realize it's changing your life until you take the time to reflect and go wow that was so difficult before and now it's so easy you get used to it totally or you go to a hotel and you say hey boop uh turn on the lights and you're like (laughs) i don't have it with me tag on it Uh, i think all all hotels should be HomeKit enabled. <laughs> totally. I've joked with my wife before. Like, let's take a couple of the Hue bulbs and, like, you know, like, I, we're we're a Google and uh, HomeKit house. I'm trying to do as much as I can with HomeKit, but yeah. Um, but especially lately, but like, you know, take a HomePod Mini and a couple Hue bulbs. Um, not really feasible, I know, because you really have to have that internet back in. But it is, uh, it is one of those things when I come home from a trip which I hadn't been on in quite some time, thank you, COVID, uh, that <laughs> you really appreciate when it uh, when you have it again after not having it. So here's a question I have for you. I was curious. So I understand that you use hearing aids. We've talked about that already. Um, so how does that affect how you interact with, say, you know, wireless products like AirPods Max? Is there mm-hmm. interference there, or do you simply just turn up the music more? Or how does yeah, that work? So that's a great question. Um, so for those who aren't like really familiar with hearing aids, there have been, I've worn hearing aids uh, for, let's see, uh, almost 25 years or so. Yeah. So I, I've seen lots of iterations of them come and go. And I'm probably on what I would say is my seventh, sixth or seventh pair. Wow. Um, and, and these ones that I got most recently um, they are behind the ear, the main part's behind the ear, and then there's a very thin hairline cord that goes from, uh, behind the ear into the canal. Okay. Um, similar to, like, uh, uh, Power Beats Pro. Okay. Um, so, I mean, not, su- not that big or clunky. Yeah. Uh, but similar concept. But there's also ones that go in the canal. There's ones that fill up the whole like out outer part but are in the ear kind of like a um a studio professional grade uh earpiece that you'd see like a, a an artist wear at a concert mm-hmm. or something like that um so there's all different types and to answer your question uh when i'm using my so i have airpods pro and then i recently got airpods max um one of the cool things i kept thinking And once again, this is one of those things that you don't really think about being a benefit, and they totally never made this. I guarantee you they never even thought that this would 
be something helpful for somebody. But the fact that the ear cups are so uh, deep oh, allow yeah. me to keep my hearing aids on. Um, in general, I've tried it with both. Uh, right now, like I'm wearing them and I have my hearing aids out. Um, but it at least allows me to quickly put them on with them if I want to or needed to. Mm-hmm. And I find that most of the time I don't really have a lot of feedback on them. But sometimes I do. I think it just kind of depends on how they sit on my ear. Uh, but um, in other over-the-ear headphones that I've had, and I've had a lot, um, I'm a headphone, like a weird headphone test. Your audiophile. I wouldn't you not. I would not classify myself as that. Just okay. a curious, like, technologist. Okay. Um, but... I've tried different earbuds and over the 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 um, head ear earphones and things, but these particularly are by far the deepest, and they allow me to wear the hearing aid without feeling like they are being pushed in a weird direction or whatever. Now, when I wear my AirPods Pro, something I always have to consider with them or any earbuds is the fact that I have to take my hearing aids out. Yeah, and sometimes that's not as convenient, and it's kind of frustrating. You know, back when uh, we actually went to physical locations for different things, um, the, you know, maybe I might have a a short commute from the parking deck to my building uh, at work. And in that time frame, I just want to listen to something quickly. Well, for me, I have to think about, okay, I got to take the hearing aids out, then find a place to put them. Do I want to put them in my pocket or want to put them somewhere else? Um, You know, they're just kind of free floating in my pocket, which I don't really love. Um, and then, then I got to put the earbuds on and like, okay, it's a, it's a five minute thing. Is it really worth it? So it's like a bunch of like things I think about that, um, you know, for somebody that doesn't wear hearing aids, all they have to do is just walk, slide them in and keep going. So that's really cool. So this whole thing, it would be this five minute rigmarole for you because Mm -hmm. AirPods Max actually cup the ear, the whole ear it's most of the time easier for you to throw on AirPods Max than it is to put in something like AirPods Pro, which a lot of other people would say is more convenient if they don't wear hearing aids. So it's interesting how these products find a place place in our lives. Absolutely interesting. And and another one of those accessibility features after having tried other brands uh, of earbuds and, and headphones and things, I bought these AirPods Max actually not because of the sound quality, but because of the features uh, that they have when dealing with the Apple ecosystem. As a user of Apple TV and my Mac, phone, iPad, any of those things, any given day, sometimes all of them, um, the fact that these headphones and the AirPods Pro can now seamlessly switch between them is just phenomenal. Like, it's one of those things that just makes you smile and chuckle to yourself. Like, yeah, that is, that is like... That's the kind of humanity. Yeah, that's the kind of humanity feature that, like, people don't even realize how amazing that is. And if they didn't have it, they would be frustrated. But it's it's nerds like us that kind of focus on that that type of thing and think, wow, this was a really great idea and for the most part, a really good implementation. Well, I couldn't. Again, I couldn't thank you more for being on the show, Will. Do you want to get to our stories for today? Sure. Our first story of the day, Dan Riccio is transitioning to a new role within Apple to focus on a brand new project, a secret project. What could it be? Is it Apple Car, 
Apple VR, AR. Which one is it, Will? What do you think? Man, that's a that's a good question. It's funny. VR and, and, and the car have been like this open secret for what I feel has been the past, what, four years? <laughs> and it's just like, it keep, it will go silent for a while, and then a new story will pop up every couple months. Kind of like AirTags go... or AirPower. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Now, AirTags, that is, that is almost more than an open secret. That's like... That's like almost iPhone 4 in a, left in a bar type of, uh, type of scenario. <laughs> it's like, that they level. exist. They exist. Um, but like these other, the, the, the VR in the car, I definitely think um, that those are the two main things that it could be because those are the two, you know, focuses from what we've heard from people like Mark Gurman, who obviously are in the know about these kind of things. Um, and I, I, I but which one? Maybe both. Maybe it ties into both. Well, I have um, a theory here yeah. on this one. Because oh, yeah. uh, John G. Andrea, who's an ex-Google machine learning guy, he transitioned from Google to Apple to supposedly, rumor has it, focus on Apple Car. And he said, I left Google because I wanted to build more ethical AI, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, right? So I'm thinking... They have Dan Riccio on this AR, VR headset, Apple Glass, whatever they're working on. And if you look at the history of Dan Riccio's role at Apple, he's the guy that greenlights these products. He's like the hardware engineering guru. Um, He's been involved in the development, designing, engineering of almost all of Apple's products. and includes the first-gen iMac, 5G iPhone lineup, M1 Macs, uh, AirPods Macs. He's overseen all these teams all these projects. He joined Apple in 1988 as a leader on the product design team, and he became VP of iPad hardware engineering in 2010. It wasn't until 2012 that he joined the executive team as the VP of hardware engineering. So he oversaw these these products that changed the industry forever, like the iPad. Um, and I think Apple's really wanting to put someone that they trust um, in a position where they're they're giving the final clearance for some of the, these new products that they're going to ship, supposedly. Yeah, I, that's very very a great theory. Um, <laughs> your your guess is probably better than mine. It sounds like you've done your your homework a little bit more than I have uh, when it comes to that theorizing. Um, but I, I I think I think both both projects are exciting. Let me ask you this. Do you have an interest in AR, VR uh, personally, or maybe one more than the other? Well, I think I have an interest in in AR if it can be integrated in a way that offers productivity. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of over the whole silly games and puzzles and things and putting little characters in my room. I want to be productive with it. I want that future where... I can have, you know, virtual documents spread out across my desk, push one button and shred them all. You know, I want to be able to type on a virtual keyboard right in front of me and sort of bring my desk with me wherever I'd like. That's the future that I want. And I know that that may be, you know, years into the future. Um, Where do you see yourself benefiting from this? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Because I think about it often. I think people can, they, you make a great point in the fact that people's experience with AR 
really at this point has been kind of more, you know, fun and like silly and, you know, that kind of thing and not as productive, right? Yeah. Uh, v- VR is something that I think is used for both. Um, and I think it's a little bit easier for people to conceptualize the either the benefit of whether it be fun or um, some kind of, you know, uh, educational thing or there's definitely uh, definitely more tangible examples of how VR um, can affect us because it's been around for a, a while now and I think it's it's fairly mainstream. Um, I definitely I'm more interested in in the AR aspect for the same reasons that you just mentioned. And one thing I have always loved about Apple and one thing that when when I first started, at Apple Retail that um, really resonated me with me is the fact that, and this is not to offend anybody because I'm I'm right there with, I I admit that I'm this person as well. But people don't know what they want oftentimes mm-hmm. until they actually see it. So I think it's easy for maybe not even easy for the average person to say, oh, it would be cool if it did this, this, and this. But in reality, one thing I've always I've loved is Apple's thinking five steps ahead. And, you know, when they introduced the iPhone, you know, I think about I think about that Mac world and I, I get chills, you know, rewatching it and when Steve's like, you know, we're introducing all three products today and it's one thing and it's like, whoa, people didn't even realize that they would need or want a device that did everything yeah. as opposed to several devices that, that specialize, you it, know, in one particular thing. It not only changed the smartphone industry, but it went on to change pretty much every industry. Um, it did. By, by all, all these different kinds of facets. Yes. And, and I say that to say, I feel like they're going to do the same thing with AR. You know, my imagination can only go so far at this point, because there just hasn't really been a lot of tangible examples that are productive, as you say. Um, and so I think the sky's the limit when it comes to not just how they implement it, whether it be through glasses or whatever, but um, w- what they implement with it, like the actual output of, of AR and, and that kind of thing. So... I think it's very interesting. Um, you know, Apple has a has a track record of not always being first, but being best when they finally do come out with something. So yeah, arguably we'll the best. Yeah. What I'm excited about is John Turnus is now slipping into the role of senior VP. He's replacing Dan Ratio, and mm-hmm. I see John Turnus as kind of being one of the front runners, the pioneers, the leaders of this back to the pro movement within Apple. If you look at his resume, um, you know, he introduced a slew of products, including the 2018 iPad, which brought USB-C to the iPad Pro, um, which was a game changer. Um, He also introduced the 2019 Mac Pro, the cheese grater version. Um, And so he's overseen all these products that have went on to be these game-changing uh, pro devices in the respect that they, they, they're they answering to all the demands of professionals who are using these products. 
They're adding the features that people have been waiting for for a long time. They're fixing those damn faulty keyboards. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's lots of things, and we're seeing that under Turnus, all of these pro features are kind of bleeding down into um, the consumer devices, just the regular iPad, iPad Air, um, iPhone, iPhone 12. You know, and so it's kind of nice to see this young blood, this new leadership within Apple. It's worth noting that when Apple reassigns people internally, it usually coincides with a product launch. We saw that a lot right before, you know, Apple Watch and things came out. Right. Reshow. Yeah, I, 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 you mentioned um, the 2018 iPad uh, introduction the iPad Pro, and that, to me, that uh, keynote seemed to, as far as hype goes, kind of fly under the radar, if I recall correctly, but Mm -hmm. I remember being extremely impressed um, with that presentation and with him, and um, it's one of the more memorable ones, actually, that I can recall, because it was so different um, compared to a lot of the ones that had preceded it. I, that that presentation gave me almost a Steve Jobs level uh, excitement that those chills down the back of your spine when you're like, wow, this is really game changing. It takes me back to when, you know, every year there was an entirely new design almost for the iPhone when just every year they were hitting it out of the park, um, just innovating. It took me back and it kind of, it's, I feel like there's new life being thrown into Apple right now with, with Turnus. And I, I hope I'm making the right assessment by attributing a lot of that to him. Um, obviously there's, there's tons of people at Apple doing many great things, but I'm excited for Turnus. I think it's a good change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Rishio has a quote here. He says, quote, next up, I'm looking forward to doing what I love most, focusing all my energy at Apple on creating something new and wonderful that I couldn't be more excited about. End quote. Looking forward to seeing what it is. Sounds very (laughs) Apple-y. Yes, I'm looking forward to it as well. Next up, we have iOS 14.4 and iPadOS 14.4, which arrived Tuesday. They included the HomePod mini handoff feature, that little rubber band effect. Um, you can now recognize smaller QR codes in the camera app. Um, it can classify, you now have the option to classify Bluetooth devices in settings. So you can name things. So if it's your car Bluetooth, you can specify if it's a pair of third party headphones that aren't AirPods, you can say that. And that helps you with greater control, not only identifying them on the Bluetooth pairing list, but also, um, mitigating things like the volume issue that we were having where it would actually decrease the volume so as to not damage your hearing. Um, and you, but it would happen on car stereos because iOS thought the car stereo was a pair of headphones. And so it helps kind of mitigate those issues. And a new PSA, make sure you go to an Apple certified repair center for your, for your camera if you break one of your lenses or something like that because iOS 14.4 includes a new protocol. It can now identify if you're using a genuine Apple camera. Yeah, man, I don't know about you, but I was really excited about the smaller QR codes because that has been a big pain of mine. Well, I yeah, I myself, you know. I'm I'm totally kidding. (laughs) 
Well, no, I thought you were being serious. This was game changing for me, Will, because <laughs> really, I, because I I would be on the couch or in bed, you know, like you were saying earlier, very comfortable. And the QR code that I had to scan on my Apple TV to pair my cable provider to one of the apps was too small, and I had to I had to get two fingers, not one, two, Will, and actually pinch to zoom. It was very very strenuous. Um. And it, it, just just to zoom in to grab that QR code. That was painful. Yeah, I have actually have I'm cramps sorry, in my hands from that, that. <sighs> and my fingers. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, and and um, obviously, I think uh, one thing that that they didn't really mention um, as a feature until afterwards, and this kind of ties into I think uh, our next topic here, but you know, continually pack, patching security and exploits and things like that, um, which is why I always encourage everybody I know, you know, all my kind of friend groups whenever a new OS comes out, um, in addition to, you know, hey, there's new emoji or whatever be the yeah. case. But also, like, listen, there's really some serious security things that uh, that are being helped as well, and that happens almost all the time. So while... It may seem like a, in my opinion, somewhat lackluster point one update. Uh, it's always important to keep those security patches um, up to date. Yeah, so we'll talk about the security stuff in a moment. But to continue on with bug fixes, um, and I'm going to ask you what has been your experience with some of these. Um, there are some bugs that were photography related to HDR. Some in image artifacts were appearing. I haven't seen that. Have you seen any of that? I hadn't seen that. Nope. And but we've all suffered I, from the keyboard lag, right? Yes, I yes to an extent. Um, it's funny because uh, for me, like I said, I run the betas, so sometimes the bug fixes I will have only experienced it for like a week or two, versus someone on iOS fourteen point three, they experienced it for like three months before this point one update came out. So. Like, it's a little bit different for me, and sometimes I have a hard time remembering what was yeah. the main point, except between the betas. Um, and that's, that's sometimes just a beta issue as opposed to a uh, an actual overall system issue. Um, but, no, I, I think I experienced the lag a couple times. Definitely more so, um, I would say, a few weeks ago than lately. But I know that that's got to be a relief to people that were experiencing that. Yeah, I'm right there with you with the beta testing thing. Sometimes people will come to me and be like, why is my phone doing this? It has this bug that's doing it. I'm like, well, I haven't experienced that. I've been on the beta and it already fixes all those things. Um, so it's it's easy to lose track. But we had issues with keyboard lag, the keyboard not coming up with the correct language. Just kind of, kind of sounds like the keyboard went all out of whack. Um, there were audio stories in the news app that were not playing if you were on CarPlay um, after pausing with Siri. Um, Enabling switch control and accessibility would prevent phone calls from being answered from the lock screen. Now, does this integrate with the hearing aids? Is that what they mean when they say switch control? That is a great question. Um, to be honest with you, one of my most uh, pet peeve features actually is when my phone calls uh, come to my hearing aids as opposed to the phone because I do not like all of a sudden in my head, I'm sitting there yeah. minding my own business. And all of a sudden my head starts ringing and I'm like, what in the world? It's very jarring. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. Also, just, 
the speakers aren't the best. It's like, I don't really want to take a call where the microphone is my phone and then the speakers are coming through the, uh, the, the hearing aid, which I know will improve over time. But these ones that I have are like three, two, three years old. Um, but, uh, to answer your question, I, I don't experience that because I turned that feature off. In fact, I think iOS 14 gave me even more granular control to do that, which I was excited about. Um, but I, I, I don't really know um, or have experienced this particular bug. With the lock screen. Now, these, now we're going to talk about security vulnerabilities, and, and you, you referenced this earlier. Now, to be clear, this affects all devices that, support, that supported um, iOS 14. Point oh, mm -hmm. and onward. Obviously, they've been fixed in iOS 14.4, but these include the iPhone 6s and later, the iPad 2 and later, iPad mini 4 and later, and the iPod Touch 7th gen. So here's the security vulnerabilities that we were talking about. It includes one kernel vulnerability where a malicious app may be able to elevate privileges. Apple says they're aware of a report that this issue may have been, may have been actively exploited. And this is rare for Apple to make such a comment because usually they provide additional details about these vulnerabilities mm -hmm. long after they fix them. Mm. Um, they said uh, improved locking has been enabled to help with this. They're being very vague um, and, and right, rightly so. Um, there's two WebKit vulnerabilities in there as well, where a remote attacker can cause arbitrary code execution. This is another one that may have been actively exploited. Um, this is a logic issue, and they've improved restrictions to mitigate that. All three of these vulnerabilities were reported by an anonymous security researcher. Now, like you were saying, it couldn't, it's, it couldn't be more important to stay up to date on your devices. And Apple knows it's important because they continue to release iOS 12 updates for phones that can't support iOS 14 that include these security fixes. We've seen that with 12.5.8. Uh, for older devices, they're still getting those uh, security fixes, even, even if they don't have access to some of the new features that uh, are available on the newer phones. Obviously, you need that processing power to do that. But, you know, it, it, I find it difficult to communicate this to a lot of friends, family members, there's this misconception and people are probably still scarred by things like iOS nine, where mm -hmm. they think, you know, all these updates are about planned obsolescence. It's going to slow my phone down or it's going to break something that I've been using for forever. And so like you were referring to a lot of people are motivated more to update for emojis or new features that they actually think are going to make a real difference in their lives versus the security stuff. So how do you, I mean, how do you really educate people? And that privacy is a whole other thing too. Not only security, but privacy features are a huge thing that we see in every iteration of iOS. And there's a lot of people that I know, uh, just friends and things like that, that will hang on to older versions, versions because they're afraid to upgrade. So what do you say to those people, Will? Oh man, that, that is a, something I come across all the time. Now, I will say this. I've used various strategies, uh, strong or strong arming, not excluded. Um, just kidding. Now I really try to. Um, we we talk at my job a lot about change management. Yeah. And um, 
being able to it takes empathy to be able to sell anything right so ultimately you're trying to sell them on the idea that what they need to do is update and you you have to be empathetic for how they feel yeah understand their perspective um as well as appeal to whatever perception that they might have so one answer that i might have with a family member might not be the same as like a friend um because there there might be two different types of concerns but the the at the end of the day you know you can only convince some, someone so much um i want people to want to update not because i'm you know advocating for it or whatever um because because i want them to understand why they're doing it and not just because i'm telling them to exactly so oftentimes uh i'll you know if they have an aversion to it um, I'll either try to explain whatever they bring up with personal experience or citing different references, or if it's a new type of concern, um, I'll try to pull up an article or ask a friend even um, that either works at Apple or, you know, that kind of thing. So I can be like, you know, I heard it from the horse's mouth. Um, and so yeah. Yeah, my, my like life mission is to remove misconceptions about anything relating to Apple. Um, and I did that day in and day out at uh, my job when I worked for them at retail. Um, and nearly every customer, they'd come in and they'd either think one thing or want one thing. And then by the time we took the time to actually assess their needs and really under, like let them know, like, hey, look, I'm not here to upsell you i'm here to get you the best quality package you know it's the same type of concept there and well it's concerning I, because yeah and i don't mean to interrupt you but it's concerning because mm -hmm. there's these products are things that we use in our everyday lives for very personal purposes things like mm. we, we, we grab our ipad to do our billing um you know we we keep track of our our health on our iPhones and our Apple watch. And that's really sensitive information that you don't want out there. And so to hear that these vulnerabilities were there, I'm glad they're fixed, but I'm also afraid for the people that are afraid to update and therefore won't benefit from these security patches. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you just have to live and let learn. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't save everybody. Um, and you just have to, I have to, I have that kind of personality too. And as a growing human, I, as I get older, realize that like I can't put all of that on myself, and yeah, you know, there's just certain things you have to let go, and then you just have to be that voice when you can be. Like when I'm going through the grocery store or a retail uh, shop, and I'm using Apple Pay, or I ask if they have it, um, and they're like, "Oh, I, you know, I think we have it," and then I'll take the moment to explain why Apple Pay is actually more secure than a traditional credit card and nine times out of ten they'll be like wow i had no idea i thought it was less secure and, yeah and you know just taking those kind of moments to to do that and have a friendly conversation you know make it fun and um and then that person can then go tell more people etc cetera, etc cetera. just you can only do so much and um you know just take those opportunities when they come that, that's very true. And, and, you know, if your intentions are positive, I, things, 
people tend to listen. Exactly. I will say that. Yep. Next up is watchOS 7.3. Apple is celebrating Black History Month for the month of February. They're previewing it. It's not February yet, but they're previewing how they are going to celebrate Black History Month with new editorial collections, Apple Map Guides, and limited edition Apple Watch hardware. So this is the Black Unity Collection, and it highlights Apple's message of, of promoting and achieving equality and civil rights around the world. So this is a limited edition Series 6. It starts at $399, GPS and cellular starting at $499, classic pricing there. Um, laser etched onto the back crystal are the words Black Unity. Um, this watch and the watch band that ships with it, which is it, which has a very unique manufacturing process, is available on February 1st in limited supplies. And also it'll be released throughout the year uh, in limited supplies. The Black Unity Sport Band will start at $49. It has colors inspired by the Pan-African flag, red for the blood that was shed during the African diaspora, black for the people that it represents, and green for the natural wealth. Also engraved on the band are the words truth, power, and solidarity. Now this watch is going to ship with a Black Unity watch face, which became available to everybody in watchOS 7.3, which was released Tuesday. And it shifts dynamically over time based on your movement, time of day. I'm loving it so far. I've been using it. And on the realm of fitness, Apple Watch is also introducing a Unity Challenge throughout February. So if you close your rings seven days in a row, you get a limited edition Unity Award, a medal on the Apple Fitness. Are you on watchOS 7.3, Will? Are you using this watch face? Have you played with it? Um, I am, and I have used it. Uh, I thought it was, at first of all, I love the concept of it. Um, I love when Apple focuses on, you know, to try to do their part for civil issues and awareness. Um, and, you know, this is no exception. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting just from a, uh, a technological, like, watch based perspective. Um, it allows a combination or one of them allow a combination of complications that I haven't seen on another base before which is uh, like a, a small date at the top and then a long um, uh, whatever that variation is of long worded out uh, complication on the bottom of it and then yeah the time I in the middle. think of the word <laughs> yeah I can't either but uh, but no I, I think it's fantastic um, I used it for a couple of days. Uh, I'm I'm a very big uh, color perceiver, so okay. the fact that it, it really kind of I understand the representation of the colors, but um, oftentimes when I'm quickly glancing at either a widget on my phone or um, my Apple Watch face, uh, I'm kind of drawn to. Uh, different complications having their own specific color. So, um, you know, I, I didn't stick with it, but once again, it's it's great that it's uh, there and it's great for um, the people that want to try that challenge. And, you know, I'm glad that they have it in the lineup. Yeah, I'm glad that Apple is using its platform because, you know, when you're a $2 trillion company, you, you, have, you have a big voice. And so when you step yeah. up and you decide to, 
not only vocalize, but build products around this vision of equality of equity for everybody. Um, and you, you, you address these systemic barriers head on and really explain to people, this is what we're doing actively to address these systemic issues. I think it's really powerful and I love to see it coming from the world's most valuable company. Right there with you. Completely agree. WatchOS 7.3 also introduced a brand new feature for Fitness Plus subscribers. That's that $9.99 a month subscription called Time to Walk. It's an audio walking experience. It works on Apple Watch Series 3 or later. It has to be paired with an iPhone 6S or later or an iPhone SE. It's exclusive to Apple Fitness Plus users. Again, only available in Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, UK, and the US. And it has four influencers on the platform so far. And Apple says they're gonna add new ones every week, including Sean Mendez, a musician, uh, Uzu Aduba, an Emmy Award winner from Orange is the New Black, NBA superstar Draymond Green, and nine-time Grammy winner, country music star actress and humanitarian Dolly Parton. Now I understand that you were able to check out the Dolly Parton audio experience. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts, Will. What did you think of it? Yeah, no, so um, you encouraged me to, to try this out before the show because honestly, I hadn't really paid a lot of attention because uh, I don't do a whole lot of long-term walking uh, yeah. just because of some of my physical limitations. However, um, I'm glad that you encouraged me to do it for the show uh, because I ended up having quite a, a pleasant experience with it, um, even just kind of walking around my house and understanding conceptually, um, wow, this is something that like my mom would really like, or my, even my wife would really like. Um, you know, people that I, you know I know that once again that kind of innate. Oh, I want to share this with people that I know would really like it. Um, but as far as the experience goes, first of all, I was excited to see Dolly because I I really am a huge fan of hers, um, just at person uh, wise. Um, I like her music, some of her music too, but just, um, she's just an incredible um, philanthropist and artist and human being, and it's funny, I've really been, uh, had my eyes open to her particularly in the last year and a half, and had a chance to go to Dollywood um, last year, for oh, the wow. first time, and so some of the things that uh, she would talk about um, on the 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 walking experience, um, I kind of had, it took me back to being in the park, um, cause it's kind of a, it's a very immersive experience. They have like a replica of her first house, um, in there and, and that kind of thing. So when she was talking about growing up, um, you know, she kind of started the, is the way that I would describe it is it's kind of like an interactive podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, it was funny when they, when they introduced it, in you know, through the headphones at the beginning and it's like this is what this is what this is this is you know they're going to show music and photos and this is an interactive experience and i kind of looked i thought to myself how are they going to show photos and i just that was like a um just a, a a racing thought and it and it went went on i didn't think about it again for a few minutes and then as i was walking uh dolly you know she started to talk about her life and where she was from and things like that. And I felt a little tap on my wrist that that was an unusual haptic. I don't know about you, but like, I don't, I don't think in the forefront of my head about these haptics 
but subconsciously, I know the difference. And then you feel some kind of new combination, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not something I'm used to feeling. Yeah, you wear an Apple and Watch so, long enough, <laughs> and you start yeah, to realize exactly. without even looking so, at the watch the difference between a phone call or just a message or an email, Telegram, right. different things. Yeah. And so she started talking about growing up in the Smoky Mountains, and I felt this tap on my wrist. And I looked, and sure enough, it was a photo uh, dis- like displaying what she was describing in the mountains. And that was one of those aha smile to myself. This is Apple being Apple kind of humanitarian type features where you're like, wow, that was a, that was a pleasant, delightful surprise yes. to how they implemented that. And I'm like, that was very ingenious. I would, have, I would not have thought about that. And sure enough, you know, they keep doing it um, throughout some of the story that she was telling as well. And um, so I I listened to most of it. Uh, It sounds like there's music uh, as well that gets intertwined. uh, Yes. If you you listen throughout as well. Um, What's your experience with it? So so this is what I find particularly interesting. And I'm glad you mentioned that, that this feature feels distinctly Apple. Um, and that you said it's an interactive podcast. I love that description of it because it includes, the speakers include anecdotes that relate to or inspire songs uh, throughout uh, the, the, this little mini podcast. What I found particularly amazing was the ambient noise of nature that they integrated yes. while yes. you're walking. Agree. Yeah, birds chirping, Agree. leaves yes. crunching. You could hear the footsteps of the person next to you that influencer next to you speaking, you can hear them, their footsteps in kind of going in sync with yours. I thought that was very powerful. And when you think about the product, Apple Watch in general, and just how personal that product is. And like you're saying, when you can glance down at your wrist and you see a pocket watch size photo of the thing they're talking about, something that can change dynamically. It's just this really personal, as you said, delightful experience and it's, it's so distinctly Apple. What I love about this is you can download uh, these experiences to the watch. So you don't really need to carry your phone every time you do it. And one thing I learned is it's, it's marketed on their website. Like, hey, throw in a pair of AirPods or whatever you have, any kind of audio headphones or whatever you have. It's marketed on the website as kind of a headphones required thing, even though it doesn't really say that. And that's because headphones aren't really required. I found this to be awesome. So if you push one of these time to walk workouts, it'll actually use the watch speakers to send that audio through to you. So if you really want to go just full on ambient technology, you don't even need to wear headphones. It'll push that audio through the speakers on the watch. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you read this, experienced this, or even know the answer. Does it use spatial audio? I, I don't believe that it does. I, I've read the fine print on this and I don't see anything that... that mentions that um it'll be interesting to to look deeper on that and see if if that's it but i just thought of uh a caveat to that as i as i was asking that um i wonder if spatial audio requires some kind of um uh stagnant video or like hey you're looking in front of you know you're watching something that has a that's not moving on a screen that's not moving but you can move your head around, right? When you're yeah. just listening to audio, there's not really an anchor uh, to say 
which way you're looking necessarily. You know what I mean? So maybe it's not something that is necessarily That's a good point. A- when your arm is swinging, it can't really, the, right. the headphones can't really anchor to that vantage point being your watch. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. one of the reasons why we don't see spatial audio on an Apple TV. Apple TV, though it's stationary, it doesn't have accelerometer. So we can't anchor to it in space. That's a good, that's a good point that you just made there, pointing that out. Apple mentioned that there will be original content each Monday for the Time to Walk feature throughout April. Episodes range from 25 to 40 minutes. And this is what I found particularly special. I listened to the Sean Mendez version and the Draymond Green version. And what I found special about the Sean Mendez version is it's 28 minutes long. And this was a rest day for me. So I'm kind of just trying to get the bare minimum, the 30 minutes in, go for a walk, try to wrap up my rings. So it was a very easygoing day. And in the podcast, Sean Mendez discusses the power of mindful minutes, of really having some time to yourself where you're not scrolling around on your iPhone, just really being in tune with the walk, having those that mindful thought. And guess how long it was? The Sean Mendez version was 28 minutes long. And it ends, the podcast ends, but my workout doesn't. So that walk workout just continues to, to run on my watch. And I'm able to have just two more minutes of just mindfulness to myself. Where I don't hear his voice anymore. I don't hear Sean. It's just me and silence, the nature around me. And I get to experience what he's actually talking about during the podcast and actually reflect. And, and, and that feature to me is just so Apple. The fact that it doesn't end the workout that it, it allows time to continue to experience those mindful moments. It, it, it's just a seamless experience and it's so distinctly Apple. Yeah, that's, wow, that, that's pretty special. Um, and, and when you were just saying that, uh, describing your experience and me describing my experience, um, there's, a, there's a term that comes to my head have you ever heard of the term parasocial interaction? I'm not familiar, but you should you should explain it to our audience and to me. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's funny because um, I I researched this. It's a phenomenon where it's a one sided relationship, right? It happens a lot with podcasts. If you listen to shows um, like uh, like this one, and people get to know you. And they feel like you're their friend because they know you um, versus you don't necessarily know them. It's a, it's a one-way relationship. And wow. the way that the artists and or speakers are, the way that they're speaking to you, really, that, that term really resonates because it, it's like you're being talked to by a friend, right? Yeah. And it's a really personal experience. But... I encourage uh, people to kind of look at that term, Google it. It's it's pretty interesting phenomenon. Your social relationship, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So that's that's why I kind of feel like people like Renee Ritchie are my best friend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's exciting about this time to walk feature is it's also been adapted uh, for a new accessibility feature called time to push. So we have time to walk and time to push, and that's for wheelchair workouts. 
So it'll pop up and you push time to push and you can actually do a wheelchair workout with this feature. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that as many people as possible are getting to experience this feature, this, this parasocial relationship that you're talking about. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I'm glad they include that as well. We have another PSA for you guys. Be sure to keep your iPhone six inches away from your pacemaker and 15 inches apart from wireless charging because MagSafe can interfere with your medical devices. It contains magnets and radios that emit electromagnetic fields that may interfere with pacemakers or defibrillators. Wow, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Contains magnets and radios that emit electromagnetic fields that may interfere with pacemakers or defibrillators. So Apple included a warning that the MagSafe charger or accessories can interfere with those devices. So be careful, guys. A little PSA for you. Will, it's time for our last story of the day. And it, it is, of course, this week in tech crime. Yeah, this, this, uh, I brought this up to you because I really wanted you uh, to find a way for me to talk about this because I've actually uh, been experiencing it firsthand all week. Okay, so we want to talk about your firsthand experience, but let's fill in everybody on what's going on in the world of stonks. Game stonks is where it all started. Let's take a look at what happened. The Reddit thread, Wall Street Bets, the chat community, pushes up the values of shares for video game retailer GameStop. Investors are betting against it, hoping that it will fail. That's called shorting the market. So this is giving me a flashback to the movie The Big Short. And in fact, this is interesting because... Michael Burry, who was one of the subjects in that movie, he actually makes a cameo in this story along with Elon Musk. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But this is the Ponzi scheme that was born on Reddit. It's pitting Wall Street against internet traders. And how it all started is Reddit posters in this community, this Wall Street bets, are pushing up the value of GameStop shares. So we're going to go a little bit more in depth here. And they're betting against it. So the people on this Reddit thread are manipulating, forcing a market rally by creating demand, artificial demand specifically. This results in the stock jumping to more than 822% from 17.25 a share to 159.18 a share. Now it dropped by nearly half and then back up to $147 a share on Tuesday. Then just when you think it's all kind of starting to, to get a little quiet on that front, Elon Musk tweets GameStock to his 43 million followers. All of a sudden, the stock's up 40%, up to $347 per share on Wednesday. Drops down again after, hour, after training. So tell us a little bit about how this happened for you personally. I understand you're involved. You were trading. What's your experience with this phenomenon? So I, I you, first of all, that was a great uh, description because you explained it probably more than uh, I could even explain it. And I, I do not want to profess to be any kind of expert in this. Um, all I was trying to do is I'm like, hey, this seems like a, a fun way to make some quick money. And so um, I, I had seen Wall Street bets here and there uh, just in, in passing over the last, I've been a Reddit user for almost 11 and a half years, so. Yeah, um, you know, I, I see things come and go, and I've seen the the subreddit a couple times. But um, gosh, I it, it was Monday, 
when I got in on it, and it started with GameStop, and I got in on it because I had I had read something I guess over the weekend about how they really manipulated it last Friday, um, which let's see that would have been like the twenty first, no the twentieth, no twenty second, whatever. Uh, but they had really manipulated that that day, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, if they did it uh, this weekend. I might can buy into it and get on get in on this on Monday because I've I've used Robinhood in the past, um, but never like I said been anything more than like a a toe dip into one or two stocks, and um, apparently I had some money in my account, and oh so boy. I put I put that money towards GameStop um, at that point thinking that it was gonna be. I think I thought I was buying it for like seventy something or eighty something a share. But okay. When the market opened on Monday, it was ninety seven, and so it was more expensive than I anticipated. But no big deal, right? So I ended up I had enough money to essentially get like twelve and a half shares. Okay. Uh, and then Robinhood wouldn't let me buy anymore uh, because in order to buy with Robinhood, you have to have deposit from your bank. So that process takes business days or whatever. So the, they, there's something called buying power and I didn't have any more. So I was like, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> and so I moved over to the cash app. Um, the next day when I heard some rumors about AMC possibly being their next target. So the next day, uh, you know, the cash app from, uh, from square. Yeah. So we're talking trading apps right now for those that aren't familiar, like yeah. Robinhood, TD, Ameritrade, which have all since restricted GameStop trading and AMC as we speak right yes. now. Correct. Yeah. So um, and then so AMC had an inkling, but didn't really do anything Wednesday, and I was kind of bummed because I bought a lot. I'm like, man, it's gonna be the next GameStop. Let me really get in on it when it's super low. But yeah. then yesterday. It started to explode as well, and I went ahead and I got a couple of the other ones like Bed Bath and Beyond and Nokia, whatever. Long story short, this has really come to a boiling point today. Now on the fourth day of me being involved in this, it oh is all over the news. Yeah. I mean, we have bipartisan people, people that are like sworn political enemies, joining together against these corporate finance people and I, i'm look i'm not here to be like you know a represent a representative of anybody but myself um i just think the whole thing is interesting first of all uh for anybody even if you're not involved but like if you are if you have skin in the game it's even more interesting at this point in time as you said uh as of thursday they have halted they, as in a lot of these um, outlets like Robinhood, like the Cash App, like anybody else that you might you know, want to go through, they have halted the sale of these uh, stocks that are going crazy, which is really kind of unprecedented. And so, you know, there's not really an end to this story. I don't know if there's going to be an end to it, like maybe by the next uh, time you have a show. Um, or if, or if it will, you know, continue on and I can see that's one of the questions. Yeah. Continue like to 
to to go on and on and on because it really is still happening. Um, it, but it's, long we're in the midst short, of it. <laughs> people are super upset now at Robin Hood in a matter of like an hour. Um, Wall Street bets, by the way, when I joined on Monday, uh, it had 2.1 million subscribers uh, or, uh, yeah, people that were subscribed to the subreddit. As of um, this morning, when I looked, it had over 5 million. So the subreddit is growing like crazy. It crashed Reddit a couple times. It has had unprecedented uh, commentary, like length of or amount of comments for a thread. It's broken records on Reddit for that. Um, and if you want to follow along with the drama, I'd say that that's probably your, no pun intended, your best bet uh, is to go <laughs> and follow that subreddit. Best um, bet. Honestly, I love it's, it. it's all over the mainstream news now. Um, like I said, you have policymakers on both sides uh, of, of political parties being against it. And uh, these hedge fund people that have always kind of done what we the people, if you will, are now doing. They've always kind of done this with their highbrow friends. Now they're upset that we're doing it and taking a slice of the pie. Yeah, that's the thing. You really captured it with that statement right there. You're you're taking your slice of the pie now. It this is this is in many ways a redistribution of wealth. It's kind of an yes. attack and upend on institutionalized money. These hedge fund hedge funds that are um, that are stockpiling uh, funds using this this short squeeze strategy. So it's really interesting. It'll be. I'm really curious about how it, how this ends. Do they, do we just keep going after different failing stocks? I understand we're targeting Blackberry and things next. The white house is monitoring this. Uh, Mm -hmm. This could be the next big blockbuster movie. Will it could, man, it really could. And literally, like I said, it's unprecedented, which, you know, makes it super exciting. Um, I think that it's, it is, I told uh, my cousin who's also kind of, in it with me now um i've actually i got a lot of people to try to join in with me on uh on tuesday um <laughs> to try to i was, honestly was trying to help people right um and so uh, i was telling him is honestly it's kind of a nice reprieve and distraction from all the political drama that we've been experiencing over the last for sure long time several months and it's it's like it's almost like this drama is unifying, you know, the common man. and <laughs> In an odd way, it, huh? It, it is, and it's just so funny to me. Uh, and like, wow, this is this is kind of refreshing to have something to literally be obsessed with throughout the day um, as I watch the ticker go up and down, up and down. Um, it's, you know, it's very, it's very intriguing. And because, like I said, it is unprecedented, we just don't know how it's going to turn out. So... That's what makes it so exciting. It's quite the phenomenon that we're witnessing. I, I understand me and you have spoken about this. You you made a full paycheck's worth just in a couple hours by doing this? Well, that is uh, – I had. <laughs> I had. <laughs> um, it was not quite that. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't take a lot to put in to get a lot if you got in at the right time. However um, – it's it's all over the place right now. Currently, like as of this afternoon, Thursday, January twenty eighth, uh, because I think the mainstream media has has gotten a hold of it. People, yes, like 
like big big money has gotten their eyes on it. Um, so I think that we're seeing a push down for right now. But everybody's saying to hold, and so I'm holding and hoping that uh, things go back up, up, up. Thank you all so much for joining us as we unwrap the tech of today. I'm your host, Brom Shank for Appalachia Weekly. Will, I couldn't thank you more for joining us. Is there anything that you want to leave the viewers with before we go? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, I always love an opportunity to talk about um, not just Apple. I mean, I could literally talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, as I remember, one of our retail shirts used to say. Um, but uh, I also enjoy talking about the humanity of how these products um, affect our lives. And, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to do that um, from my own perspective. And um, if you, you know, if you enjoy what you hear here um, and you'd like to, you know, follow more things that I'm interested in, if it seems like, uh, you know, I'm the kind of person that would share things that you're interested in, um, you know, you can certainly follow me on my different social media platforms. Um, and uh, I'd be more than happy to, to come back uh, on the show whenever you'd like me to come, if you, if you would have me. For sure. I look forward to having you on again in the future, man. You, you, you brought up some amazing points, and I hope this gives our viewers some food for thought. Um, dude, I love talking with you. It's, it's been a wonderful show. Uh, let people know where they can find you on Twitter. It's at WC, correct? Yes. Um, so on Twitter and Instagram, um, at WSIG. Um, I love that sweet, sweet short uh, <laughs> handle. Uh, I try to get it everywhere I can, and I get upset when I can't. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, you can follow me there. And then I think on my Instagram bio, um, I have a little link to, to show uh, where I am and other, other places as well. So you can, you can check it out there. Thanks for sharing that, Will. We'll keep up to speed with you in the future across social media. For those of you that tuned in, we hope you love the show. If you love the show, go ahead and give it five stars. If you didn't like the show, tell your friends about it. They might like it. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.